0: This is Bloom in Full Color, where we live life uh, in high definition. Uh, so my name is Jennifer Moss, um, fourth generation ownership at Moss Greenhouses, and got a lot to say, it turns out. And so I'm being joined with uh, by Liz with uh, Refresh Marketing. We're trying to get this, this baby off the ground. So um, today we're talking about vegetable gardening and kind of everyone at the greenhouse, we all kind of have our niche the things we like to do. And I'm a total nerd for the garden uh, when it gives me food. And that makes me a foodie. I come from the restaurant industry and hospitality originally before I came back to family business. And I like to cook stuff. But I want it to taste good. Because yeah. I don't do processed. I don't do processed to anything. I just like food. It, exactly. Problem solved, right? Problem solved. So, it, and it always tastes better out of the garden. All the time. So... I have this thing where I cannot eat cucumbers or tomatoes from the store after it freezes. Like, it takes me till probably March to be able to eat a store-bought cucumber again. Maybe January if I'm desperate. No, I I have to agree with that. Desperate. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I want to set people up um, for gardening. So, a couple of things that I just um, really get into when I'm talking to a new vegetable garden. When you look at a house, the foundation's the most important part. Because that's what roots the structure to the ground, right? The same thing with a plant. It's got to have food. So where does food come from? Ground. Usually the ground. <laughs> you, you would <laughs> and, and the thing about Idaho is, mm. especially where we're at, uh, our soil sucks. Yeah. And it's because our water is awesome for the human body, but it's crap for plants. So uh, we have really high pH. Mm. And plants really like low pH. So the first thing I get in is ground level literally. What are we doing for your soil? So the thing I always tell people is I do half and half if I'm starting from scratch. So I do half soil, half compost. Or if you're amending each year into the same spot, you're just doing compost. Why would I do compost? Well, it's all about living matter. So um, we need organic matter in the soil. And that comes from things like earthworm castings, um, bat guano, cow poop, chicken poop, fish poop, poop earthworm castings. Did I say that already? You did. I did. Tell me about the earthworm castings though. (laughs) It's just, uh, you know, worm. All right. Uh, the things from their insights, (laughs) it's all, it's, it's worm poop. It's very exciting, but it's also about what you eat, eats. Um, so it, you want something that is eating plants because it's digesting down And so birds and fish are easy. Um, Fish actually don't eat plants. I say that and then I've just totally rounded back around. That's okay. Fish poop is really good stuff. Now, um, what I always kind of hedge, because we're in Southern Idaho, so what is out there more than people? (laughs) Cows. Duh. (laughs) Hello, Jerome County. (laughs) So uh, cow poop's great if it's broken down enough. So when people say hot, is your compost hot? Mm -hmm. It means the pH is too high. So if you go for um, steer or cow poop, you need to just make sure it's not hot. So if it's over eight pH, you don't want it. If it's seven or seven to five and a half money spot, that's a spot. Go for that. Uh, That's why I always kind of go towards chicken and fish. And where do you find chicken and fish? Ooh, good luck. I wish you the best. I don't actually have a good answer for that because of the supply chain right now. So um, that's kind of where I start, people. Compost because that organic matter is what your plant's going to feed on. And then the next thing I ask people is, what do you actually like to eat? Vegetables. What do you like? Yeah. Well, specifically. Oh. <laughs> specifically. So, so I'm a different Idahoan because I grew up on a farm. So we had a fourth of an acre that was a garden. So everything out of the garden. Okay. So what's your very favorite? My very favorite, I'd have to say is squash. Okay. Which kind? um acorn okay winter squash yeah okay summer i would have to say tomatoes okay yeah oh gosh so i have a little experiment i do every year i pick something i don't like and i try to learn to like it by gardening it so i've decided eggplant is trash (laughs) it only tastes good covered in parmesan yeah i don't like eggplant (laughs) well it's really good in ratatouille sauce i mean it thickens it out but it, it morphs whatever it's like it's like tofu or zucchini it morphs what it is cooked with i like kohlrabi oh i love kohlrabi that's like Most a little don't sa- know what kohlrabi they, is. they don't have any idea yeah. so it's a bulb that grows above the soil mm-hmm. um that leaves out at uh, kind of like a turnip but not in the ground i know that's an odd it, it's you can cook it like a potato oh i never cooked it oh yeah so mm-hmm. so i cube it up and it's a oh, pain in the tush to cut because it is like get yeah. the big knife making sure mm-hmm. it's sharp and you're gonna use your whole body weight and uh once you get it all diced up i olive oil it season it and roast it and i i love it it's a great you know kind of non it's a little starchy but not the level of starch of mm. potato so it's kohlrabi's a little secret um i learned the other day that watermelon radishes which i absolutely love because they have a white skin and they're all pink like tie-dye striped mm. through the center they're actually a fall radish Interesting. It didn't stop me. I still planted them. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, we we've recently learned how to plant uh, uh, cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. I don't like cantaloupe, but it grows in the garden now. Does anyone in the household like cantaloupe? My grandfather likes. Okay, cantaloupe, fabulous. So that's it's fine. <laughs> we've got a customer who's a retired doctor in town, and he is adamant about cantaloupe. And he yeah. he buys the seed, brings it out to us. I plant it. He comes, picks it up, and he calls me a couple months later and says jennifer you want me get a little b-? yeah I do, Dawn. i'm on my way yeah. <laughs> so it's a thing so you got, you kind of got to find out what you like mm-hmm. and so um tried eggplant this uh, what was it, two three years ago tried um green bell peppers last year and i don't care you can keep those i love colored ones i just don't want green ones you can keep the radishes for me okay and the onions i love onions So there's a funny thing about the human body, uh, your, the cells in your body completely change every seven years. So every Mm -hmm. seven years snapshot, you have an entirely new set of cells. That also means your taste buds. So have you ever had something you hated as a kid and all of a sudden you love it? Oh, blue cheese all day. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it now. So I'm always pushing my children who are both 11 at this point, uh, every year I bribe one of them. 'Cause what Aurora loves tomatoes and Gwen hates tomatoes. So it is a full scale production when we are tasting one cherry tomato that tastes straight up like candy. And I mean, we get the puking face the whole deal. (laughs) It is dramatic. But there's ice cream at the end if she does it. So it's a win. But it's constantly (laughs) this thing. So figuring out what you like to eat is a lot of fun. Also if you have big goals. Right. So I don't ever tell somebody, Oh yeah, you want a garden? Start a one acre garden. Like, are you nuts? No, it's like, a lot of work. Yeah. It's yeah. a ton of work. So start small. And mm-hmm. also, th- so the next question I ask people first, you know, what do you like to eat? The second thing is where's the sunlight? Cause you need eight hours or more of sun. There's very few vegetables that can survive with less than eight hours light. And there is a list and most of them are kind of in ground or they're leaf style um, vegetables if it's a tomato or produces a fruit above ground, it needs more light. It's eight hours or more. And the thing that people don't realize about tomatoes is they're actually day length sensitive. So mm. what that means is they need the length of day to be able to produce fruit. So I'll have very ambitious greenhouse gardeners say, I am going to grow tomatoes in the winter in my greenhouse. Hey, cool. Do you have grow lights? i like, why would I need those? You need to add two hours at the top of the day and two hours at the bottom of the day so that you can produce 12 hours of light if you want fruit.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, you can heat to it. Great. Fine. Wonderful. But if you don't have enough light, it's never going to produce. So that's kind of a funny thing. Did you also know that tomato leaves are poisonous? I did not know. the fruit's totally edible. Eat the plant. Poison. Hmm. Kind of funny. That is why When people are like, oh, I want all these houseplants that are not poisonous for my pets. And I'm like... They're going to have to eat a lot to hurt themselves yeah. unless they're like a miniature, like two pounder, then, eh, then maybe you should just not have plants anywhere that that small tiny dog can yeah. get to. Hmm. But you know, your Labrador that's a uh, hundred, hundred and fifty pounds takes down the, the spider plant or whatever. It'll be fine. Interesting. You know, it's yeah. just one of those things. Hmm. We, there's poison in our food all the time. Oh, yeah. Figured as much. <laughs> so does your area have sun and then where's your water source? Because people will put it in a garden and be like, oh, yeah, the faucet's on the other side of the yard. So you kind of just kind of know where your resources is. It's just like starting a recipe in the kitchen. Do you have all the ingredients? Kind of got to look ahead when you're planting a garden because it's going to be there for a while. So um, timing. So frost date. Hello. Southern Idaho. What is it? It's supposed to be 75 tomorrow. And then the next day it's a high of 40 with a snow. chance of snow yeah, and snow. 27 yeah. mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a soccer game that day. Naturally. Thank welcome, you. Welcome to Idaho welcome to parenthood. If it is soccer, it will be cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, timing is big. So right now outside, uh, it's what, April 7th, 2022. Right now, we're probably going to get a frost all the way through early May, very potentially. I mean, if it's an early spring, we'll be set, but it's probably going to be cold. So there's a lot of things you can't plan outside right now. Tomatoes, peppers, squash, watermelons, melons, cucumbers, hold. Hmm. please grow them on your windowsill. Sure. You can put them outside during the day on a nice day, but do you really want to babysit it? So I heard a general rule of thumb from the older, wiser people who generation, yeah, baby generation groomer. old. Yeah. <laughs> older than that, that they always had to have their gardens in by mother's day. That can work to a certain degree. Um, so there's been, you know, it comes down to frost to eight, And and temperature. So when I say temperature, it's not just the outside temperature. It's really the soil temperature. So it has to be warm enough to sustain. So you plant a bean seed today. If it needs consistently 50 degrees, hypothetically, it's not going to sprout until it's 50. Mm. And that's when the soil hits 50. Now, if it's freezing outside, it doesn't mean the ground's frozen unless it's zero and it's been zero or below 34 weeks or months on end. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the ground stays a little bit warmer, which is kind of the natural balance of, of the earth. And if you really think about it from, you know, an ecological level, there's lava below and it's heating a long, long, long ways down, right. but yeah. it's still maintaining heat. It's kind of like an insulator. It's also like having a garden close to your house versus, you know, 30 to 50 yards away from your house. You might be able to grow something that's uh you know, a higher zone for a perennial close to the house because it's kind of a microclimate versus having it way out in the field with no protection. Mm. So sometimes people's tomatoes won't suffer as much damage on a cold night if they're close to the house, but sometimes you don't have sun close to the house. So Mm. it's kind of a give and take. There's always a trade-off. So as far as Mother's Day, that's a great time to have your stuff in, but say you lived, you know, between Shoshone and Bellevue and you wanted tomatoes. You plant your stuff on, say, Mother's Day's what? May 9th, I think, this year? May 8th? Something 17th? like that? No. Like that. That's Easter. Oh, yeah. May that's s- Easter. May 8th. <laughs> yeah, so it's I May it's 8th. Yeah. It's May 8th. Okay, so May 8th, that'd be way too soon. You yeah, that's you'd need, this year. You'd need three more weeks before you planted it up there because it's colder. The trick, how you hack that, is put in a bigger plant. Hmm. You don't want a teeny, like, three-inch tall plant. You want the bigger one-gallon, five to ten inch tall land because it'll it'll set you up for success so the the if you're in a colder region just put in a bigger plant that's kind of how you hack that so um my rule of thumb i've already got in the ground my swiss chard my onions my coal crop c-o-l-e um so that's broccoli cabbage cauliflower uh, brussels sprouts that kind of kohlrabi mm-hmm. would be in that too um peas can go in potatoes can go in onions garlic uh, beans are right behind it. So are carrots, radishes are in there. Beets are in there. So all that stuff can go in the ground. Uh, it might be a little cold for a couple nights. It's going to just stay in the ground, nice and cozy, mm-hmm. not go anywhere. Um, uh, and if you do see any damage, uh, when you go out in the morning, so I went out two mornings ago and my hose was frozen, mm. <laughs> so I couldn't water it anyways, but I tell people to kind of just rinse it off so that the, the frost isn't sitting on the leaves and damaging the cells. With vegetable gardens, most of the time you've got those kind of cold toned at that point, Um, or the grower does. I mean, if you find it outside at our greenhouse, it can go outside because we're not gonna put it back inside after we put it outside. I'm not doing it. Right. That's silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to set you up for thing What can survive outside? Well, you walked by it when you walked in. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> we're not picking that up every night. So fabulous. Okay. All right, so as far as timing, it's just setting yourself up for success. So there's the early round, and then there's the late round. Tomatoes are tougher than peppers. Guarantee it. And um, squash is really tough to transplant. Um, So squash, vine crops in general. Mm -hmm. So watermelon, uh, honeydew, cantaloupe, cucumbers, squash. I always kind of recommend that people get the plants and the seeds. Pop them both down, then you'll... You might have zucchini coming out of your ears, sneaking in into your neighbor's cars. Do Do you? All right? And you can always drop them off at the shelters. They're thrilled to have fresh Mm, vegetables. Good idea, yeah. Now, care, consistent water, and get on a fertilizer schedule. That's the most important part. So everything needs food, water, sunshine, and air. All of us do. Humans, plants alike. That's kind of like the base equation. And so make sure that your watering is consistent. If it's a windy day, check often. And then um, the secret to getting your tomatoes to turn, turn off your water September 1st. Oh, okay. Now, the reason for that is you are trying to fake an ending of life, right? So you're trying to get it to turn its fruit because it's trying to reproduce. The ultimate goal of any plant is to reproduce. So to do that, it has to ripen its fruit. So if it's green and it's getting water all the time, it doesn't feel that there's any need to ripen very quickly. So I turn off my water September 1 and I only water when it wilts. I only have to water two or three times between then and about October 15 if the roots can go somewhere. Now, if you're in container, completely different conversation. The roots can't go any further down. But that's kind of the most important. And then harvest often. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about your garden. Check on it regularly. And if you can put in drip irrigation, all the better. Then you can leave on a weekend. You don't have to worry about a teenager forgetting about all your stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's just kind of the basics of vegetable gardening. And, you know, every plant's going to kind of have a little bit of tailoring. There's companion planting. There's crop rotation. There's buddies that do well together. There's bullies that don't play well with anybody. And then I always recommend some marigolds. Throw some marigolds through your garden because they'll keep away the pests and they'll keep the pets Mm -hmm. out. If you have a deer or dog problem or a squirrel problem, physical barriers. There's nothing that's going to keep them out except that. Uh, strawberries, we wanted to plant them at my house. My daughters are all gung-ho, and I said, how many squirrels were in the front yard yesterday? And they're like, are they going to steal my strawberries? Yes. Yeah, solidly. Every time they start to turn red, you're toast. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get there before we do, too. That's it's how animals survive. They're wild but i mean that's kind of some basics of vegetable gardening i want people to succeed with it you don't want to have to buy the plants over and over and over again and when you think you figured it out something will go wrong guarantee it but that's where I take pictures put it on our facebook check we'll get you answers we don't have any problem with that so well and with that i mean now go be bold because uh plain is boring so thanks for listening to bloom in full color